Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's going on, y'all? James Higgs here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use, right? But been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers, how to essentially really how to monetize. And believe it or not, I found the right platform that's getting the job done, that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up. That platform is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. for me, um, the reason I founded it, uh, the reason, um, the inspiration behind Give a Mile is I had a really good friend, Ryan, um, who passed away from brain cancer. It was a life-changing experience. You know, he asked me to be beside him and he said, Kevin, I need you to help me get through this and, you know, I, w- I want you to be um, there for me and, and uh, be somebody I can talk to and confide in and, and it was an incredible year and a half. You know, I remember one of the moments when, you know, in, in Ryan's journey, they realized there was no more treatment. And uh, they said, you know, there's nothing else we can do. There's no other forms of treatment. And we had this 
incredible community of support around Ryan. So people were calling me saying, you know, what can we do for him? We, can we get him this? Can we take him to, you know, this golf course or on this trip or, or what have you? And, and I, talking with him, he said, you know, Kevin, the, the thing I want is I just want time with my family and the people I love. Near the end, the doctor saying, I can cut back the pain drugs and, and he can be awake more so you guys can have conversations with him. And we were all able to say that you don't need to do that. Um, we've said everything we need to say and we feel he can be at peace now. And so that was an incredible moment to be there and be able to say that. Um, and so I wanted to pay that forward, that power of visit, that people connecting and being there, um, things that need to be said being said. Maybe it's just holding a hand, maybe it's just hugging people, but that sense of love and compassion. And that is really what the essence of Give a Mile is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, James Hicks here, Hicks New Media and Infotainment News. Uh, thank you for joining us Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning. I wanted to start with that video to to show you the character of the person that I'm talking to today. Now, if that doesn't make you want to support, donate, help, evangelize to give a mile cause, maybe the next 45-minute conversation will. Let me introduce you without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Crow. Kevin, how you doing, brother? Great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to have this conversation. So I started with with the video mm -hmm. and I'm sitting behind the scenes getting slightly emotional about it. Mm -hmm. I've watched it 20, 30 times already. <laughs> and you you did the video and, and, it, and it's personal to you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, and I want, want to keep that front of mind as mm -hmm. we continue to have our conversation. Because, again, I want folks to understand the character, the person that we're talking to. You and I go back. Uh, look, we, you're a technology. I'll, I'll give the LinkedIn statement, right? Technology yeah, yeah. executive, yeah. Yeah, ultra marathoner, exactly. philanthropist. Mm -hmm. uh, but look, you and I were slinging servers and hardware That's and right. IT stuff back in the day. That's uh, right. For some reason, I still never made it to the Calgary Stampede, but we will, we will, we'll get you we'll there. make that happen. After, yeah, we'll after all of this there. lockdown, I'll, I'll get yeah. it. Um, Give the people the elevator pitch. T tell folks who in the world, who is Kevin Crow and, and why, what makes you you? You know, I got this really great piece of advice and it's, uh, it was really about being deliberate in designing your life, right? And I think a lot of us go through life almost some, sometimes unconsciously um, not thinking about, you know, what is it we really want and what are we really focused on? And the piece of advice I got was, you know, there's kind of some key pillars to design your life around. And the first one is, you know, do something that you love that's going to pay the bills. Um, and for me, that's technology. And I work at Longview Systems and I've been there for 20 years. And, you know, I think I was employee number nine and now we're about 1,100 people. And so it's been an incredible incredible journey, learning lots and, and love to lead there and love to work with amazing people. And, you know, just so much going on in technology. I, I love that space. And the second thing is, you know, do something you love that keeps you fit, right? That keeps you in shape. And um, right now for me, that has been endurance uh, events, uh, especially running. Um, just ran a race called the Spine uh, in January in uh, England, which was a 268 mile um, endurance marathon through the mountains of England and Scotland. 
And then, you know, say that, say, say that length <laughs> one more time. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to gloss over that, right? So what was the length of the spine? Yeah, 268 miles. Okay. Uh, it, it's seven days. The clock never stops. So it's not like you run a certain distance each day. You just have to be at certain points, by a certain amount of time or you're disqualified. Um, and so, yeah, that was one heck of an epic <laughs> adventure. <laughs> and I've done a few of those events, although that's by far, that's the longest one I've done. I've also ran like 240 miles and 100 milers and that type of thing. Uh, and then the next pillar is, you know, do something uh, that gives back, um, that supports a community. And for me, that's Give a Mile. And uh, it's, it's a passion project. It's 100% volunteer, um, it, uh, inspired by my friend Ryan and his passing from brain cancer. Um, and, you know, just an incredible, a hard growing uh, journey, uh, you know, we're up to 700 flights given um, and as we continue to grow. So that amazing, amazing uh, pillar. And then the last part of that design is, you know, ha- be surrounded by an amazing network of friends and family, right? People that support you, people that you're invested in, uh, people that are invested in you, um, you know, people that really care about your success, uh, people that can mentor you, give you advice, people that also can, you know, talk that plain truth to you, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Don't let your ego get out of control or anything like that. And so, you know, if I look at my life, those are the principles I'm designing on and I'm trying to, you know, give energy to and, and be very purposeful around all those pillars and, and continue to, you know, continue to improve and, and do better on each one of those. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things that, right, make you a strong person mentally, physically, spiritually, right? Again, mm-hmm. when, when you sit back and think about, the challenges that we're facing right now mm-hmm. being locked down, you can't mm-hmm. necessarily go out and engage mm-hmm. with a lot of people face to face, but mm-hmm. you found the way to continue to maintain that, uh, that drive, that, that, uh, that push to look, I, I don't have to sit in front of this computer all day. Mm-hmm. I can get out on my bike. I mm-hmm. can get out there and run 200 miles uh, across the, uh, <laughs> the globe. So yeah. I, so let me tell you something I've been watching. Uh, it's called, the world's toughest race. Yes, absolutely. It's on, man. It's on Amazon Prime absolutely. right now. Me and my wife are watching this. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm thinking about you. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's incredible. And no, that's what you're doing, right? You're you're going through all these 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 just mm-hmm. incredibly insane obstacles, uh, running, paddleboarding. Yeah. I, I saw you posted on your Instagram the other day. Yes, sir. You 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 paddleboarded from. Yeah. One end of Canada to the other? Is, yeah. that, is that what you did? <laughs> yeah, we did 55, 55 kilometers of paddleboarding on a river here in Calgary, the Bow River, which flows from the mountains basically uh, past the city. And so that was an incredible, right? Like the river's flowing. It's got some rapids on it and stuff. So learning how to paddleboard through uh, whitewater and uh, a great adventure. But, you know, to your point, you know, one of the things I really looked at you know, when, you know, when COVID hit and lockdowns started happening is um, that mental state, right? And yeah. um one of the really important things for a mental state uh, is exercise and, you know, physically moving. And uh, and we know that, you know, you look at any study, it's like I think exercise is like two or three times more powerful than any antidepressant depressant yeah. they've ever come up with. And so, you know, I really said, hey, I'm going to double down into fitness. I'm going to make sure I keep my discipline. And it's not been easy, like I think for everyone. Right. It's just, you know, there's been, you know, lulls where you just lose that energy and it's sometimes even hard just to get out of bed. But you know, just keeping that discipline um, and making sure that you're moving and that, you know, the paradox of exercise to me is when you want to do it the least is when you need it the most, right? So I the, the toughest days yeah. are the ones that are the most important. And, you know, you, I think one of the big things to do there is just kind of chunk it down. And, um, you know, sometimes I tell myself I'm only going to run for five minutes, right? 
is put your shoes on and run for five minutes and you're done for the day. Because I know once I'm in motion, once I've kind of gone through that, put my shoes on, I started running and okay, my mind's going to switch into, okay, here we go. We're, we're out here. Let's do this. Right. And, and so, you know, just chunking things down, making them manageable, not thinking about the big thing in front of you um, to me is, you know, a, a really good lesson, obviously an important lesson when you're running things like 268 miles and that type of thing. Never thought of those races in their entirety, really. I always thought of them when I was in them in, in smaller chunks, right? More manageable chunks. Now, are you specifically training for, for anything right now, uh, or are you just getting out there and getting after it for the most part? Yeah, just getting after it. I mean, you know, ran the spine at the end of January, um, and normally kind of, you know, after a big event like that will, you know, take about a year, because uh, it takes obviously a lot of time for your family and, and that type of thing. Right. You, you want to get sense. back, but um, it's an interesting time because a lot of those races you know, are run by, you know, people that are pretty passionate. Um, there's not a lot of money per se. And so, you know, who can survive through COVID and what events stay and what events happen? Um, it's going to be, you know, real interesting. Um, of course, there's also people that are thinking up new events and, you know, some creativity to, to the mix. So going to keep an eye on that whole ecosystem. And, you know, fingers crossed that a lot of those independent organizers can get through this and, and can keep events running. Um, and like I said, hopefully some really new creative stuff comes out as people have time to reflect on what they want to build. Definitely. Definitely. Now, again, I've, I've been watching this, this one on Amazon prime, yeah. try, try, try not now. And, and I'm, I'm, we're going to get in and give into, yeah, away, definitely. but, no but man, I, I, I am just, I'm just dialed into yeah. how in the world a single person can, can trek across. <laughs> yeah. so give, give us, give us a little idea in terms of what, what, what the training looks like for you right i mean is it is it a lot of focus on the nutrition is it focused yeah. on again your cardiovascular you know be, being able to, to to traverse so so many miles like either on a bike whatever the case would be mm-hmm. what specifically do you do from it from a training perspective to 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 get ready for that yeah like if you look at the spine which was the latest event you know to me you know one of the things i love about those big events is there's not really a textbook decided way to train for these yet right they're they're pretty unknown they're very new uh, only a, a few people, few small number of people have participated. So people are still trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to actually train for these events? So my theory um, that I follow is really, um, you know, I train six days a week and then I have two long days back to back. So, you know, I'll literally run six days and then, you know, on that Saturday, Sunday, they'll get, you know, I'll build up to where I'm doing in the entire week, about 110 miles is what I was kind of topped out for the spine. And so on the Saturday I would do maybe like a 35 miler. And then on the Sunday I would do like a 25 miler or something so that your body learns how to run tired. Um, And that, you know, a lot of this is is kind of that muscle, that muscle of, um, of kind of discipline, right? Like everybody, I'm sure you saw it on, on the eco challenges as people talk about the mental game, right? Like how much more mental it is uh, than physical. And it's so true, right? Like it's just, the thing about running long distance for me and the training is, you know, you're, you're testing your mind, you're getting your mind used to it. You're, you're, you're zoning in on your nutrition, you know, what clothes work under what certain weather and, and that type of thing. So you're kind of getting all that system dialed in and it's almost like a muscle memory when you're in those races, because as you're, you know, you're going without a lot of sleep and that type of thing, your body actually almost, it feels like it's on uh, kind of almost like autopilot because it's done so much of that training. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the one thing I do stress uh, when I talk about it to people is 
you know, the thing about training for the spine was it's about running. It, it wasn't about reading about running. It wasn't watching YouTube running. It was, you got to go out and run, right? It's about action. And yeah, you, you can educate yourself, but it's really around, you know, time in, um, you know, I live by the mountains. So I spent lots of time in the mountains running. We went out and did this, uh, it was called a West coast trail, which is like an 80 kilometer trail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we ran that as a training run. Um, because it's, it's really around, you know, rubber hitting the road and, and getting out there and doing that type of thing. Yeah. You do watch nutrition, especially like the nutrition for when you're running, you know, what fuels you when you're active and, and that type of thing. Um, I came across this book, which I really love. It's called with winning in mind. It was written by a, a gentleman who was a, a, like Olympic sharpshooter. Like he had been highly ranked on the U S team, went to the Olympics and, and ended up only getting a silver. And he really started investigating the mental game of, you know, why people win. Uh, and he'll say, like, I think it's 90% of the winning is done by 5% of the athletes, right? But everybody's kind of at that high yeah, level. Okay. Okay. And, and why is that? And he really talks about understanding the process and kind of falling in love when you feel good in the process. So, you know, we like to visualize, you know, people talk about visualizing, like, the finish line and that type of thing. But he talks more about, like, visualizing, you know, the moments you feel really good. Like, you know, the moment you hit that home run, how would you feel? What were you sensing and repeating that in your mind? And to me, that was one of the things I really focus on in the running is when did I feel good and, and how did I, those moments show up and, you know, what was going on in my mind and trying to keep into that mental state. And, you know, through that 268 mile race, um, you have to make a lot of decisions and you have to make a lot of decisions on when you're super mentally tired. You know, you, I, I think and you know, it took me six days to finish. I think I might have had, you know, four or five hours of sleep through six days. Um, and, uh, and so really trying to make good decisions and rewarding, you know, being really happy about just making good decisions through that race. So those were the things, um, that are really kind of focused on in my training process, but always learning, always adapting. Yeah. And, and, and I bring that up and, I, and I'm glad you went down that path because it's more than just the sport of it, right? There, there's right. life lessons there, there, there's, there's, there's things outside of just taking part in that activity that, that yeah. you seem to bring with and bring out of that experience that, mm -hmm. that really resonate, right? I mean, you become stronger, again, physically, spiritually, and, and, and mentally just by preparing yourself to go out and do this challenge. But what you what you get out of it is more than just a medal oh, at the I'm, end, I'm, right? I'm, and and hypothermia possibly yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but 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 there's yeah. some there's some really really good life lessons that i guess that really oh. is what, i guess is what drives folks to do something like that right it's the metaphorical learning is huge right and i think um they talk a lot about that in the eco series you, you hear mm -hmm. people kind of refer to that and it's not just about the finish line right that there is there's a whole bunch of things happening and, and there's something you know when you're that tired and that exhausted your ego will be ripped bare right like there you can't lie to yourself anymore you can't tell yourself any stories and in those moments you're going to have to learn and you're have to going to grow and uh and kind of rise up and and to me i feel like any of those things like you know courage tenacity discipline they're all muscles right like uh the more you can expose yourself and the more you work on them uh the better you'll be at with those muscles and and that's i think through all of life right so if i can you know, find um, more courage in the spine. Uh, I can apply that when I come back and I'm a leader at work, right? Uh, I think, you know, one of the big things uh, is that you really learn how your mind works when you go through those races and, you know, mm -hmm. how your mind ebbs and flows. And, and you know, 
and the spine you have it was in the winter in england and, and scotland so really bad weather like you know literally we had 90 mile an hour winds and it rained pretty much every day i think we had two or three hours without rain so you're cold wet you're trying to get through these mountains and 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 all of that you know your mind is going to play all these games and one of the biggest things for me was you know accepting the situation for what it was right because when i first started running and the, you know it, it's on the national trail and it's called the penine way but it's not really a trail you got to do lots of navigation and it's muddy and it's like through swamps and and i was like saying you know oh you know i, I wish the trail was like this or i wish the weather was like this and it was like well you can wish all you want this is what it is like get step <laughs> up to it you know like, adapt to it yeah that's right and, and and not fight it to be something else you know and and really to be present in that moment and, and work on overcoming those obstacles. And, you know, I, I love the Stoics and I read a lot of Stoicism and, you know, Ryan Holiday's got some great books. The Obstacle is Away uh, is one that I really love. And it really talks about that, that obstacle there is the learning experience, right? So don't try to avoid it. Um, try to, you know, embrace yourself in that moment of, okay, what's it trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? How can I be better from it? What is it going to take to overcome this, you know? And then reflecting on those lessons. And, and to me, that's what I love about those ultra races is they have so much of that in them. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you just, you know, you learn so much about yourself. It's, it's hard to overstate that, right? You know? <laughs> but, and you're, so how long have you been doing ultras? About 10 years, you know. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've been able to translate some of what you do from from that perspective, the the, the competition and, and, and those activities into uh, what you do at Longview, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And give a mile and, and all those things. You know, I think, you know, if you look at give a mile and, you know, we, we give flights to people that are end of life to be with their loved ones. And, yeah. and you know, there's so many learning lessons from those families. I, I always say, you know, one of the, the things that, you know, give them, all, give them all gives me gifts every week because I'll be talking to family members and, you know, they're at end of life. And, you know, I'll be thinking yeah. about some problem I have at work or something going on. And then you talk to somebody uh, and they, you know, they might have a child that's passing away. They might have a, a father, et cetera. And it just puts everything in perspective. And you realize that, you know, everything's impermanent. I only have so much time. And. I also need to make the most use of that time uh, in the most valuable ways I can. And, uh, and they, they constantly allow me to reflect on that. And, and, and that helps me, you know, go on these adventures. I know that, you know, I'm at a certain age, I'm not, I'm no longer going to be able to do these adventures. So embrace the moment. Now, if you want to go do them, go do it now. Right. Uh, get the learning lessons from it. Uh, apply that to life. And, and, and to me, that's why that purposeful design on those pillars has been so important for me because each one is providing kind of a, a wisdom in, in that ecosystem to be better at all those areas um, and become a better person through all of it, you know, hopefully. You know. Definitely. Oh, you definitely are. And I did, I did see the recent milestone. What was it? 700 miles given. 700, and yeah. 700 flights. Yeah. We just passed. 700 700 flight. yeah. And, and the, uh, the big, the big goal or the big idea, yeah. I mean, as, as you call it is, is a million, a million miles that you're, I, that's want, the stretch I, goal, right? I, I mean, build, we're going to surpass that. A billion, a billion. We want to. I'm sorry, I didn't want to. Oh my goodness, yeah. I didn't want to cut you short there. You know, no, I said, man, man we're, no, we're gotta, going for a billion. You got to think big. You know, when I looked at, you know, give a mile, and you know, I lost my friend Ryan, and, and through brain cancer, and he was in the hospice the last few weeks of his life, and they did an incredible job and looked after him, and um, you know, his family, you know, had a chance 
obviously to be with him and not care for him, just be with him as the hospice did the, the caring and, and an incredible experience. And when he passed away, I knew I wanted to do something for him because he was such an incredible person and had such a, an impact on so many people. But I didn't want to just do something that was already out there in the ecosystem. I knew it needed to be unique and new. And, and um, I heard this crazy stat that, you know, in the world, there's about $10 trillion worth of unused loyalty miles and points on a global basis, right? $10 trillion. And we said, well, we had seen all these families at the hospice that were trying to say goodbye on Skype and, you know, that type of thing because they couldn't afford a flight. And we said, well, why, if we have those people donate those travel miles, you know, small amounts, you give a thousand miles, I give a thousand miles. And then we get those mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters on planes. We can give these families visits, you know, a chance to have a last visit. And, uh, and, you know, we started that, uh, we're just going to, you know, in January will be our seventh year. We'll be wrapped up our seventh year. And so we've done 703 flights. We've 151 of those have been international flying someone in North America or flying someone from North America to see a loved one. And each one of those 703 uh, flights has been an incredible story. Uh, incredible. Um, you know, just you, you, you realize how grateful you are for your life and everything you have, because there's people that have immense challenges that they're overcoming. Uh, there's people that, you know, come from all very different backgrounds and have families in different positions in different states and and just to give them a, a gift. You know, we've had people that, you know, fathers that have disowned sons and on their deathbed they realize that's a mistake and they want to have one last conversation with their son oh, before wow. they pass away. Wow. You know, how powerful is that, that that son's going to get on that plane and, and go see him? We've had uh, a son who went to visit his mom. She, you know, was an alcoholic. She abused him. She was on her deathbed. She wanted to make amends. He got on that plane. Um, you know, an incredible story. We had a, a woman, she was looking for her birth mom and found her birth mom only to find out that she was in uh, palliative care. She hadn't seen her since she was two years old. Okay. And so okay. we flew her to the hospice and we, you know, we talked to the nurses afterwards and the nurses said, you know, the, the woman, the, the mom was in distress, right? She was like, you, know, you could just tell she was not having a, a, a peaceful death, right? She, there was just a lot of uncomfort. And then her, her, her daughter came. They had this amazing hug. Uh, they had this amazing conversation. And I, I believe her mom passed away a couple days later. And the nurses feel, said you could just feel the peace come into the room, right? That that closure had happened. Yeah. And so 703 of those in, incredible stories. And, uh, and obviously, we want to do lots more. We want to get to a billion miles. I think we're at about 23 million miles used so far donated. Um, and, uh, and obviously, we want to make many more flights happen. Oh. Man, it's definitely happening. And again, that, that's really why I wanted to start with that. And I will make sure that within the show notes afterwards that I, I know I put the site up and put the uh, donator pledge now page, mm -hmm. but I want to make sure that folks see that. And look, right now, no one, no one, for the most part, is traveling anywhere, right? That's so right. so we, we, we've got the capability to to utilize and, and why not give to a, a very worthy cause yeah because, uh so so many folks are in, in that stage and then you've got so many other things on your mind right at that particular Absolutely. point uh, in life so so well, why not it, it's so financially exhausting when you're dealing yeah, with terminal exactly illness right if, yeah. if you've got somebody that's ever dealt with cancer or, mm -hmm. or that type of thing and i know ryan like even in his situation you know he was a you know a professional he had made good money he was working hard but he had, he had to stop working obviously and he had a young son who was four at the time and his wife and and, it, you know, all the finances just added up and um, and you you don't want that additional stress on families. You know, it just yeah. 
obviously wears them out. Now, the other thing is we're 100% volunteer and it's 100% donation model. So any miles or money donated to flights, 100% of that's going to go to the flights. And as you saw, I, I see, saw, show the website, you can donate to specific flights so you know exactly which family you have helping. We, we want you to be connected to the impact. And then, you know, we raise funds to run the organization separately. Um, so you, you don't have to worry. 100% of your donation is going to go make those flights happen. And, you know, you look at those families and it's an incredible moment because, you know, they're basically a 180 is happening. They're, they're in a situation where they're like, I'm never going to see my father again. Right. He's oh, about yeah. halfway. And also they get connected to give a mile and they're like, hey, we have a flight here for you. Uh, you're, you're going to get on there and go visit your dad. So I can't tell the emotions through those phone calls and obviously connecting with those families. Uh, it's just incredibly, um, you know, it just grows your heart. I, I know when I first started giving flights away, I'd, I'd get on the phone and I, you know, tell families, hey, I have a flight for you. And there'd be this big moment of silence. Right. And I would like, I'd be like, hey, it's totally legit. Like, you know, just check out our website. But then what I realized was it was nothing to do with that. It was the fact that in that moment, there's not words, right? Because it's such a powerful thing for humans to connect to humans in that moment. And as, yeah. as one woman said to us, she goes, you're telling me that people I don't even know, complete strangers are willing to donate to give me this flight. And I'm like, yeah. absolutely. And she goes, she goes, I can't tell you how much faith and belief that gives me in humanity, right? That at this moment, these complete strangers are willing to give me the most powerful, important gift that I, I you know, I've ever had. I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I need yes. it. But yes. you know what? Someone who doesn't know me from anyone is providing this to me in my most needed time. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. And to and, me, that is so important, especially in the, these times right now for yeah, us to see yeah. each other and live in that kind of kinship of humanity, right? That we're here to help each other. Um, that we're going to be there for each other. Uh, and, you know, through COVID, we've seen, you know, our the, we had a record July of flights. We, we gave around 20 flights away in July. Okay. Um, and it's most of the applications coming in are, I, I was laid off by COVID, right? I I, yeah. I, I can't financially afford this because of COVID. And, and, and so obviously, you know, people are still in hospices and people are still in critical care and, and we got to get family members there. We follow all the, you know, COVID rules in place of, you know, people having whether, you know, it, make sure they get tested before they go in or, you know, they have to wear a mask or whatever that is. We work with the nurses and, and social workers uh, to make sure we follow that. But, you know, family members still need to be there and, and still need to support those loved ones for sure. That's true. That's true. So definitely kudos on that. What What is, I know the the ultimate goal or, or the continu continued goal, when we reach, when you reach a billion, you're not stopping. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so, but, but what's, what's, What's next, though? I mean, what, what, what? I mean, are you going to continue to focus on providing those flights? Are you, are you maybe looking at pivoting or, or adding some additional services to some of these families, or are you going to stay kind of laser focused on getting you from point A to point B to be with that person? Yeah, our, our, our next big step is really we're expanding it in the U.S. Right, so we're founded out of Canada. That's you know where I live up here in Calgary. About doing a real focus expansion into the U.S., we think it's a great time. Uh, we'd love to bring some more compassion to our American friends, brothers and sisters. Um, so really being a big effort there and, and working more with the U.S. point programs uh, and getting some more U.S. point programs on. So that's kind of going to be our next big step. And by all means, if, if you're, you know, you're in need of the flag, you're listening to this story, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we'll still work with you. But we're, we're, we're going to expand that and, and put an effort. The one big thing I want to make happen um, that's kind of outside of Give a Mile is the fact that 
I want more social entrepreneurs and innovators to be working and thinking about how to use these loyalty point programs. There's 11, like I said, 10 to $11 trillion worth uh, in the world right now that you know are sitting kind of on the sidelines. People are collecting them. They're going to use them at a future date. But if you think about that, you know, we could immunize every child from zero to 15 in the world for about $250 billion right now is my understanding. So if we could get some more social entrepreneurs in this, um, thinking about, hey, ways that you can use these loyalty programs and, and, and make social good happen, because it's such a beautiful win-win-win. For us, you know, Aeroplan here, uh, which is Air Canada, has been a huge partner for us. And it's a beautiful win uh, for their brand, right? Because they, they're, they're 100% committed to social good. They're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Um, it's a great com- uh, win for obviously the families that are getting the flight, but it's a great win for us collecting miles and points. We can do something socially good yeah. with them. Yep. So yep. To your point, you know, we can do some flights and we can go on our vacations, but we can also give some of these to people that need uh, need them. And, and maybe there's more creative ways we can use them. So, you know, I call that out to any social entrepreneurs, innovators out there. Like, look at this space. Um, there's a lot of impact to be had. If I told you as an entrepreneur, there was $11 trillion sitting in a, you know, VC account somewhere, you would go after a pretty high <laughs> innovation. I, um, I would have good. something to do for sure with that. Yeah, yes, that, absolutely, that's good. right? Hundred yeah. percent, man. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I mean, it's funny because I, yeah, I got my notice from Mileage Plus, and I'm, I'm mm. look, looking over here at my email now from from United, and you know, Mr. Hicks, you have X number of miles yep. going to expire. Yeah, I now know where that where some of them. So once once you expand to the to the yep. S. Uh, I definitely now know where, where those are going to go for sure. Yeah, and, and you can donate your U.S. travel points right now. You just have to donate them and enough for an entire flight because I can't transfer small amounts, okay. right? Okay. So you could donate your United. Like it's a commitment to say, hey, Kev, when you connect with a family, let me know and we'll make that flight happen. So by all means, uh, all our American friends can definitely go to the website and donate points. And, of course, my, uh, money as well obviously uh, helps us. We do about 12% of our flights in cash just because we can't find a point or a seat on points or just doesn't make sense. And okay. said, um, you know, we have fees and that type of thing. So uh, everybody can participate. Uh, and, you know, we, we historically have done flights in the U S and we'll continue to do flights in the U S we just want to do it on a bigger scale for sure. So, so I, lo- yeah. I, I love the call to action now to <laughs> the, uh, the the viewers and the listeners. Yeah. Right now, we we we've, we've got the call to action as opposed to me, me giving it to someone else at, yeah. at a meeting for work or something. So, so yeah. I, actually, I like that. That feels yeah. feels a little bit different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what are you doing? I I I know you said um, you were out on the paddleboard yeah. for an extremely long distance. What yeah. what are you doing along with Give a Mile? What what are you doing? for you i mean mm. you know what i mean so to keep yourself sane yeah grounded during this this during this particular time that we've got right now i mean are, are you um i'm not even gonna put any words in your mouth you know yeah. wh- what is it that, that kevin crow does you know when it, you need to unwind you need to relax you need to kind of refocus and, and recenter right now yeah for sure you know it's interesting right as covid hit you know i have a very structured quote unquote daily routine, right? So I'll wake up at 4.30 every morning, I meditate, I work out, uh, I meditate again, uh, then I have a cold shower, uh, and then I do about about an hour of like journaling and, and what I would call deep work, like before I take a meeting, right? Before I hop into a Microsoft Teams or a Zoom call, you know, what are the key things I need to do? And, and you know, I have this tool, I use a productivity journal, kind of measuring my productivity and, and focus on that type of thing. 
And then also at night, I'll, I read a minimum of 10 to 15 minutes, you know, kind of before I go to bed. So I looked at that routine and I said, you know, what are the key things that are going to help me through COVID? And, um, you know, like many people, I've been lear- learning and pivoting, right? Like what what's working, what's not working. I've had my high moments. I've had my low moments. And, you know, I'm a social person. Like my wife's a little more of an introvert. So she goes, look, at introverts are going to rule right now. <laughs> Extroverts are going to be challenged. So I realized, you know, I had to, there's a couple things that I had to make sure I put in there. One was just having like non-business, non, you know, agenda conversations, right? So when we hop on any call, there's usually a time allotted to it. There's a, there's a purpose, like from a meeting point of view, right? right? We're trying to get this done. But hey, I just want to connect with people and just have a conversation of where it goes. So really building that in, sometimes that's like uh, when we we're in more of a heavier lockdown was like, having people come over and going for a walk. Um, Let's just do a 30 minute walk, just catch up, have a conversation. Sometimes that was like a quick zoom call with a drink in hand. Let's just chat um, Mm -hmm. and that type of thing. And then I realized like the other thing I want, I needed was, um, you know, I love to have intellectual conversations, philosophical conversations. Anyone that, that's yeah. hung out with me and had a few drinks with me. We'll know that's kind of where it's going to go. That's why, look, there was a method behind the madness. That's why I went that way, right? Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. specifically why I went this way. So, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. So then I said, okay, well, I got to get some of that going. So uh, got connected to a book club, which is uh, okay. full of some of uh, business execs I know and that type of thing. And so, you know, we're reading a book a month and we're having conversations um, on that type of thing. And then just participating in some uh, kind of like I, I, like, I guess we would call them like meetups, like Zoom meetups, where they're, they're having certain conversations around certain topics, uh, you know, social entrepreneurship, that type of thing, uh, where there's more of a like a philosophical high end conversation, not tactical, right? Just working through ideas. And, and, and those have been huge for me, you know, like just um, uh, just like just really stimulating the mental part and the social part. And then the last thing. I say is I just I have a like I, I have I call it the COVID roll call. So I just have a bunch of people on my roll call that, you know, I check it pops up every two weeks. Like who haven't you chatted with? Who do you need to reach out yeah, to? Who might that's be good. off the radar screen, right? Because you know, obviously everyone's in a different state. My son's eighteen. We have lots of our friends that have younger kids, and they're just in such a different state. Um, you know, you don't. I've gone with not seeing them for a month, maybe a month and a half. And, uh, you know, they almost, sometimes I almost feel, and, and they, they, they welcome it as like drag them out. Right. Like, <laughs> like, look at man, you've yeah. been in the house a yeah. little too long. Coffee's on me. Just come with me. I don't care. Bring the kids. If they're running <laughs> around like crazy, that's fine. Let's just see each other. So those are the tactics that seem to have helped. I, you know, I, and this is just guesswork. I'm not a virologist or anything, but I expect at least in Canada, we're going to be locked down in October again. That's our flu season. It'll pick up. Yeah. And so, you know, purposely going in the mountains, purposely getting on the paddleboard and paddling the bow every weekend, trying to get outdoors as much as possible just to recharge that part. And, you know, our winter, obviously, here in Canada is a little harsh. So um, that's a harder time to get outside. So really trying to, to get outside as much as possible as well. That was a, that was a softball question because <laughs> I, I knew you were going to take it that way. And, and, yeah. and you know, and also, you know, the reason why I did that, again, was kind of go back to how I opened yeah, I, I want folks to understand the character of the person that that we're talking that I'm talking to today, and the, the fact that you consciously take that time for yourself mm-hmm. every day to look after yourself, mm-hmm. and then handle your business, mm-hmm. 
And then you look out for the folks that are around you, that sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's incredibly critical. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can forget that, especially at oh, times absolutely. like this right now when we're, we may have the blinders on and we're focused on maybe woe is me or, or whatever's yeah. going on. But stay cognizant of taking care of your of your, yourself, taking care of folks around you. So, again, I just wanted yeah. to I wanted yeah. to hear that, that dialogue and let other well, folks hear it as well. Well, one of the most important things inside that formula, and I think you know, there's several quotes, and I won't get them exactly right. But if if you're if you're feeling sad, the best thing to do is go help somebody, right? And mm-hmm. and to me, that's what Give a Mile has been huge. Um, that you know, when we help others, uh, when we're reaching out, whatever you know, charity or form that is that you're passionate about, but when you're helping others, it does something for yourself, right? Like I don't I don't know, exactly. I can't explain it, right? That. The fact that you're, you know, once again, that that concept of like community or kinship of seeing each other, understanding the human condition and being there for each other. It's powerful. You know, I, I always say thank you to the families that we give flights to. And and, and they always say, why are you like, don't say thank you to me. And, and I'm like, but you don't understand. There's a, there's a couple things here. It's super helpful for myself, you know, just mm-hmm. what it means for my spirit, for my heart, um, you know, just your soul. Right. And then. Yeah. Every time I do that, my, my the memory of my my friend Ryan's alive, right? And I think of him, and I reflect on him, and you know he's been passed away ten years now, um, but he's still so much part of our family, our DNA, our community, and you know I I, I just think he's giving me a wink, right? That every time one of those flights go out the door, and you know his son's coming up on his son's fourteen now, and and okay. um, he always asks me, you know, how many flights are going out the door? How many? How how's Gibbon Mile doing? And 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 I just love the fact that this man who had you know such um, gave such inspiration, such impact on us that he's still creating impact even though yeah. he's left us, right? You, you're definitely doing doing the good work, man. I, mm. I would definitely say that. And and I, and I I'm internalizing a lot of what what you're saying as well. I'm going to take a lot of that to action. Um, and my family knows. I mean, I, I believe the exact same way that you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So holidays, Christmas, birthdays, whatever, mm-hmm. folks will ask me, what do you want for, yeah. for your birthday or for a gift? Yeah. I, I don't want anything. Make yeah. a donation to yeah. charity. You know, for the past yeah. 20 years or so, that's yeah. been what I've, I've told folks. Give it. Yeah. If you want to give me something, give something to someone who really needs it. Absolutely. Right? And, and that that feeling of, of giving that little feeling of giving back of, of making some side of, sort of difference in mm-hmm. you know the the, the St. Jude's the the, yeah. the March of Dimes where the, can, the American Cancer Center, wherever now give them out uh, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> anywhere yeah. just just yeah. makes it worthwhile in terms of uh, that that effort so so I, I appreciate you saying that and and, and vocalizing that well, well there's um, a great mental model and yeah, I forget who kind of gave me this exercise but and and this is there's no trick to this i'm not trying to use this as a you know some sort of trick to change your mind on religion or anything but it, it's a good mental exercise is that you know you come to the end of your life and you show up in a courtroom and the judge asks you you know give me your case give me the hard facts on why you led a good life right like you know what you did to make the world a better place um and i think a lot of us would default to kind of like just platitudes, right? I was a good person. I was kind, you know, I, I looked after my family, but if you really start to dig into that, and, and to me, that's one of those things I challenge myself with is, you know, what is your case? Like, what is the hard evidence? Like, what are the mm-hmm. things you put on the table? Um, and especially for people 
like ourselves that are doing well. You know, we work in tech and obviously live in these amazing countries. And okay, so I can send the elevator down to help people. I, I have an obligation to help others. And yeah. and so I, you know, I ask myself that a lot. Like, you know, what is the case? Where is the evidence? What are you doing? What are you capable of? Um, and, and I want hard evidence, right? I don't want it to be like, oh, you know, yeah. I was nice to the waiter today. Um, you know, what are those, those facts you can put on? And, and the other kind of mental model I use is, um, you know, you kind of think of, you know, we, you know, what's the purpose of life and, and obviously big questions that are really hard to answer. But if, you know, if you woke up in a weight room and, you, you know, you could go around asking people, you know, why am I in the weight room? Why, why did I, why are we in a weight room? Or you could realize, Hey, I'm in a weight room. Uh, probably should be working out, probably should be exercising. And to me, that feels like what life is about, right? That we have this uh, amazing opportunity to grow, learn, um, challenge ourselves. Um, and I can go around and kind of spend my time trying to figure out why that is. Yeah. Uh, but everything kind of points to the fact that that's what I should be doing, right? And uh, we'll figure that stuff out afterwards. So those mental models to me have been huge, like kind of always recentering yourself on them. Are you following them? How do they? How are you showing up in regards to them? For sure, you know. So, so the the moral of the story, the rule of the story: if you got another opportunity and you wake up and you get out of bed, don't waste that twenty four hours. Absolutely, you know <laughs> the, the, the Stoics talk a lot about how we look to death as something coming towards us, but we don't really look at death as the time that's dead to us from the past, right? That that's. Think of all the time we've used. That's dead time. We can no longer yeah. go and get it back. And I think if you analyze it, you'll, you'll, all of us, right? We'll look at time that we use valuably and time that we wasted and time we do things differently. But we don't necessarily apply those l lessons for the time going forward, right? Which soon enough is going to be dead time um, yeah. to us as well. And to really embrace those. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, Ryan really showed me um, – was and you know, I talked a little bit about in the video is when we realized like there's no miracle cure that was going to come and time was running out. You know, I said, Hey, you know, bucket list, like what do you want to do? But he said, You know, the thing he wanted to do was just be with his friends and family and to watch him play Connect Four with his son or watch Jungle Book with his son or you know, just have like a tea and, and have the sun on his face. There's this beautiful patio that was at the hospice and just watch him enjoy those moments you realize that life is all these little things, right? That yeah. it's not those big moments. Those big moments are great and, and they happen and, and they're tremendous. But, you know, you think about all those little moments um, and how how that really are the things that, you know, stay in your heart. You know, I, I've been watching the Eco Challenge as well and, and just got to the end of it last night. But there was this real powerful moment uh, where that one gentleman, he's on the Canadian team, he talks about he was doing the race with his 18-year-old daughter he said one of the things that he yeah. really appreciated about the race the most was that his daughter reached out to hold his hand because he goes, I remember when I was a dad and she was a little kid and any dad will totally resonate with this is your child grabs your hand and you are the protector yeah. of the world. They are safe. They just look to you with the, this awe. And as obviously they grow up, that's not going to happen ever again. And he said, yeah. just to have that moment back where she reached out to him and she was dependent on him and she looked to him for that guidance. Um, was just so powerful for for him. And and to me that was like, you know, a beautiful moment that I had to reflect on because that is so what life is, right? Yeah. yeah. Small moments that we can take for granted so easily. 
So so put the Snapchat down, kids. Oh. Put the put the TikTok away and go yeah. out there and do so. And don't don't give me any spoilers because I'm a I'm, I'm still a, a number of episodes behind. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't want to know who won. I'm, no, I know well, who I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Marty, the uh, mm. the the guy with Alzheimer's that, that's mm. racing with his son, right? I, I know they're not gonna win. I know they're not gonna win yeah. because they're yeah. pretty far back, but I'm yeah. rooting for for them to continue on. So uh, incredible so story, incredible father yeah. son, and once again a great example of seizing yeah. life in the moment of life, yeah. right? And and not saying, hey, I'm gonna let this disease, you know quote-unquote, put me in bed or, you know, put me out to pasture. He's out there racing. His son's with him. You can see that spirit in him, right? They're, they're overcoming the obstacles of that disease. Like, this is a, this is a beautiful story. Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost like it was meant to be, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're watching that together. We're, we're yeah, having this right. conversation. Right. Look, everything is lining up. If I, if I played right. the lotto, maybe I should go out and, and put some numbers down. But if I played well, the lotto. Well, well the universe, <laughs> I've always said, it feels like the universe has conspired um, for us on the give them all side. And I feel like whenever you set your mind to something and really set your mind to something, it feels like the universe will conspire with you. It doesn't, I'm not saying it's easy and everything lines up, but you know, Ryan, you know, who turned out to be, you know, an amazing friend, like a brother to me. Um, I kept kind of having these weird situations when I was growing up. Like I, I dated this girl in university that she had dated. You know, I grew up in, in Niagara Falls. Ryan grew up in Saskatchewan, which is kind of in the West of Canada. So we didn't live anywhere close, but I dated this girl in university that had dated Ryan when they were in high school together. And she told me That's all crazy. about them. And then a friend, <laughs> a friend of mine was hitchhiking across Canada, got picked up by Ryan and got dropped off in my house, but never met Ryan. And then, you know, working at Longview, our, our first manager of HR, that came in, we were about 50 people. I introduced myself to her and I was, we were talking and I made the connection that her husband was Ryan. And he not oh only was he in Calgary, he lived just around the corner <laughs> from me. Right. So, so it does feel like the universe, you know, there is some some you know magic to it that it does conspire. You know, I, I use the example like if I said, you know, how many green cars did you see today? You probably said I didn't see many. But if you and I started really focusing on finding green cars, we'd get really good at it. We'd probably, you know, we'd be asking our friends, and they'd be like, "Oh, my uncle has a, a car rental business. They have all tons of green cars yeah, over there." Like yeah. we could really start uh, putting our energy into it and and really unfolding the fact that there's a whole bunch of green cars everywhere and. And to me, that's what Give a Mile has been. It's been for the community, by the community. We keep bumping into people that just keep helping us uh, make these flights unfold. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times, um, you know, there's obviously uh, this kind of angst, right? Because you're reaching out to these families, letting you know, letting them know you have flights and you're, you yeah. obviously need to fulfill that and you need donors and that type of thing mm -hmm. to do that. And, you know, we've had some big requests. We had a a woman here in Calgary, she was originally from the Philippines. Uh, she was in her mid thirties. She got diagnosed with terminal cancer. She had two mm -hmm. small children here. Mm -hmm. She didn't have any family here. And so she was like, I want to fly back to the Philippines. Cause I have, you know, I think she had 10 brothers and sisters there. And so they will raise my children. The social worker called us on a Thursday and said, I need, you know, these three flights. It was four cause they needed a nurse to fly with them. We need these four flights to the Philippines and we need them to fly Saturday morning because she's her conditions deteriorating. Wow. Um, and so I'm like, I, I, I don't know. That's obviously a lot of miles. And, mm -hmm. and, but, you know, literally called two donors and, and went to that woman's house the next day uh, with the uh, tickets and, and she made it to the Philippines and, oh. and her children to her family. So like there's something to be said about that, right? The fact that 
you know, as you put it out there, people show up and, and are willing to help. And, and just, I know with the news and everything, it, it, it can, I think it skews the world in the wrong way because the people that I bump into have been so willing to help and have such amazing hearts and have been there for us in and, and, and whatever way they can. Um, and it's been incredible, right? Incredible to see how good people are and how yeah. willing to help people are. You know, it's just, I have really strong faith in humanity, regardless. We have lots of problems we have to fix, don't get me wrong. And, and we have to do so much better and we should be doing so much better. But the intent of humanity, the average person's intent it's just coming from a really good place, right? Like there's so many good people out there. Yeah. If we, if we focus on more positive as opposed to negative, then there we will, we'll have a brighter life and, and, and definitely be, uh, be in a better place. And yeah, it's something that we should all be doing. Yeah. And I think focus on like, on, um, pragmatic real solutions, right? Like one of the things, you know, uh, I would say about give a mile to me is that there's, there was no other charity in this place. Nobody else that I know of that does flights for palliative care, Obviously, we had that mild situation. Um, to me, that was, a, and you know, I didn't come up with just myself. I have a you know team of volunteers working with us, w- working with me. I have about thirty to thirty-five people dedicated to this, and 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 that was filling a gap and a filling a need. And and you know, you have to roll up your sleeves and make that happen. And and there's a lot of hard work put into that. And and to me, that's the conversations we need to be having. And those are the important things. Like what what's getting results? What's working? What can we do here? What do people really need? You know. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I feel that, you know, it's kind of more at that philosophical level uh, and we don't really understand what's really creating impact, what's really creating results. And, and that's okay. what we have to drive. You know, if I think of give a mile, you know, cause we work in obviously the for-profit space on our jobs, our daily jobs, you and I, and, and I always say, you know, give a mile, it's our number is not a revenue number. Our number is a flight number, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the truth teller, right? Mm-hmm. We're here to give flights away and, and we want to give lots more flights away. That's our purpose. And at the end of the day, you know, we can do all these other things, you know, have great social media content or whatever. But if we're not giving flights away, that's not what that's not our purpose. Right. Right. We have that's where the rubber has to hit the road for us. And we have to drive towards that impact, make that impact happen. And that's that's the focus. And, you know, I, I want to leave it there. Right. Because because that's 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 the real that's the focus of the conversation. And I really want that to resonate uh, again. I will I will post. Uh, as much information as I can from from my third person view looking in to make sure that folks have have that. Um, Kevin, man, thank you for uh, spending a little bit of time, brother. You know, it's uh, Sunday afternoon. I'm I'm probably going to go cut the grass. I don't know what I'm. The, the family's not here yet, so I gotcha. I may just uh, like I say jump on the peloton and and and, and like work that, off man. <laughs> like and, and and do some of that because I I don't have a have gym access right now, but I I may need to go do that and work off some of the uh wedding cake and all that i had this weekend oh yeah Um, absolutely peloton for you man (laughs) yes sir yes sir yes sir what what do you you got going on uh outside you got you got anything else uh you you said you're not training for anything but uh you're hitting the hitting the trails or anything anytime soon where could people if if i throw out your instagram to folks where, where will they find you next what yeah. river or, or forest will they find you in next? Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on a certain mountain I wanted to climb uh, out here. Uh, and I think I'm going to go do that this weekend because fall's coming pretty quick. Um, and it's one of those mountains that's kind of off the beaten path. There's not a lot of maps or written up information on it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, we've, we're going to try to do a longer paddle of the Bow River. 
Uh, we did 55. We're, we're thinking we can maybe make it over 60 here, maybe oh more God. up towards 70. And so those are the two things I want to get done before the end of summer, call it, you know, before mid-September from a, you know, adventure point of view. So okay. fingers crossed we'll get those fins. I, I was going to say before midnight, before you go to sleep <laughs> tonight, but, but, but I don't know. I was, I'm just going to leave, leave it at that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Brett, I, I appreciate you, man. Okay, Thank man. you very much again for joining. Uh, you are a good man. You are Thanks, a man. you you have a great uh, heart. Thank uh, you. Give a mile. I think is is phenomenal in terms of what you're doing, what you're providing, and uh, I will do my little part to Thank to you, help contribute to that as well. Uh, you're good folks, man. I'm glad we were able to catch up. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. And take man. care of yourself, man. Thank you, sir. Bye, brother.